0: is that's a little beanie sequel for you guys number 48 no playing this ride done by your boy blackout named it no playing this ride because i do it in the car for those of you that are new to the show this is episode number 48 i am the host blackout we're gonna get into some news today but real quick i'm gonna let you know i'm on itunes youtube stitcher google play tune in soundcloud and once i get my shit figured out i'll be on linkedin just figured that i give that to you guys Right out the gate so i'm gonna hit you guys with a little bill cosby some stormy daniels some international news regarding cameroon talk a little little bit about the nfl and whatever else i forgot i'm gonna get into but first and foremost i'm gonna go ahead and jump into the bill cosby madness apparently they about to get this boy 30 years excuse me not boy old man old ass man legendary old ass man damn near billionaire if not billionaire old ass man is about to go to jail for 30 years for some stupid shit he potentially did. Now, I don't know if he did it or not. I wasn't there. But what the court say is what the court say, and he was found guilty. I will say that's a lot of victims and witnesses for something that didn't happen. I'm just being honest. Like If you you say it didn't happen, cool, but when that many people say it did, you're looking real bad and they got you for one or two of them, however many of them they got you for, they got you. And now they're talking about 30 years. Now, do I think it's going to happen? Not really. That's a lot of time for somebody that old with that much money and power who can afford a decent lawyer to get him, a, to get him some type of defense to get him out of that. Who knows what's going to happen, but I figured I'd let you guys know. If he did it all those times, he deserves every year they sent us him with, but if he didn't, then I don't know, some some other people need to go to jail. It's like I said, accountability. Even with this uh, Brett Kavanaugh thing, I wish this woman would have come forward a long time ago when it first happened. And I know I'm no one to speak on somebody else's trauma, but just think, if that happened 30-something years ago, just think about, with you being victim number one, you could have prevented victim number two if there was one. Now usually, a point that was brought up is usually in situations like that, when you have somebody that's like sexually aggressive, and they're a predator. There's a track record. So what they're saying about this guy is he don't have a track record. Which I'm happy for because that means nobody else got hurt. But it also hurts her case. Now she's supposed to get with this guy, I think Thursday. I know they had previously set a deadline for Monday. But I think it's going to happen Thursday. And it's crazy. I hope they figure it out. Not to veer too far from the Bill Cosby thing. It's, just, it's a shame that somebody that, that prominent who had that much good to offer to the world that did create that much good the world has just about wiped it all away my actions that they did when they thought nobody was gonna find out and it's a shame for his family name and everything he contributed to society that he's going out like this and not to say that i wish it was swept up under the rug because i don't but i just think it's it's a fucked up way for him to go out when he did so much other stuff for the world and for people's lives with his show with his comedy all the people he inspired For them to watch him go down like this is just tragic, man. I didn't really talk about it too, too much in the past, but I figured since they about to give him 30 years, I might as well give him one on his way out. So there you go, Bill Cosby. Have fun being locked up for that creepy shit you supposedly did. In other news, your girl, she's back—the $130,000 woman, old Stormy. So Stormy Daniels is releasing the tell-all book, and I went on CNN earlier, and they had like a little a little um, excerpt from the book, and it was talking about how she went to a club and saw 45 there. At the time, there was a 24-year-old quarterback there named Ben Roethlisberger. Apparently, she went over there and chopped it up with 45, and he suggested that Ben walk her back to her hotel room. Once she got to the room, She slid in, not trying to have anything to do with him on that level. They did exchange numbers, but apparently Big Ben was trying to slide in the room on her. And we all know this cat has a history of issues with women. So to me, 24-year-old quarterback coming off a Super Bowl win, who's probably been given everything in the world, pretty sure he was a good high school player, had to be good in college to get drafted in the first round win the super bowl i'm pretty sure he's getting he's used to getting everything he wants those seem to be some of the factors that play into this sexual assault thing it's a power thing people used to getting whatever they want i don't know if you like me and you watch law and order svu all this shit seems to line up i would just say go read her book i forgot the title of it I, if i find it i'll go back to it and mention it in here but it's gonna be some smoke coming pittsburgh when they already got enough shit going on with them not being able to sign their running back and the way they've been playing this year, shit in Pittsburgh ain't right. So when this book shit hits the fan, it's going to be crazy. They ain't really going to be ready for Ben to go. My thing, if I'm Mike Tomlin, you got to start thinking about a quarterback. Well, you should have been thinking about a quarterback last year, but you really got to think about a quarterback right now because with all this going on, the public opinion of him is only going to plummet unless he starts winning football games. Now, if you start winning games, people in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania gonna forget all about this shit, and we'll see what happens on Monday. If they start talking about this on the sports shows, because once the, you know, once the, once the real news seeps into the sports networks, that's when it's all, it's all downhill. When they start having these interchangeable stories going between sports and regular nation news, and that's when it gets real bad for players. So I'm going to be on the lookout for that, and I'll. I'll probably follow up on it, and let you guys know what's going on, but I think that's that's wild that she pulled a, first of all, she set him next to the current the current Prez, which is gonna have people in the locker room probably looking at him crazy. Then the other stuff that she put in the book about him is I mean, it's kinda already been confirmed with the shit he's been in. Hey, America got mad at Captain Fanilla and I wonder how they gonna feel about Big Ben knowing that he was uh, trying to make some of the same moves that old Prez made. You know. Sloppy seconds, is a motherfucker. Moving on. Um, No real updates on Florence. More people died. It's clearing up. One thing I do want to say is is Michael Jordan donated $2 million. Now, I know that's not a lot of money. When you're thinking about Michael Jordan, the amount of bread he has amassed over his years as being a basketball player and a businessman off the court. But it shows that he's not as cold as maybe we think he is. Well, I know he grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we know he feels a certain way about the area. But good on him to give back in a situation where he doesn't really have to. Now, is it probably a tax write-off for him? Absolutely. More than likely it is. But the fact that he still donated the money when he didn't have to still says something to me. I'm not going to completely write Mike off as being an asshole off the court. I know he's donated money throughout his NBA career, and he's doing the same thing now that he's away from it. And I think it's it's good for his brand and it's good for the people there to let them know that somebody from the area who's made it to this ridiculous amount of fame is still thinking about them in their time of need. And he took the time to to hit the button to give the money back to the community that was damaged. So shout out to Michael Jordan for doing something for your home area, as I feel like you should. You should do that if you're from somewhere like that take care of your area take care of your people as long as you got the funds to do so in other news playstation or sony sony is going to release the playstation classic already loaded with games now to some people this is major some people think this is going it's fantastic i get to go back and play those old games i had when i was a kid when i was like in middle school i think when the first playstation dropped so some people are going to be excited for that me hell no I don't care nothing about this shit. I just figured I'd drop it in the podcast. Do you know how blurry that shit's going to be? It's going to be ridiculous. So if the same group of people who complain about games being made now not having graphics that are up to par, go back and get this bum-ass PlayStation, and I'll say bum-ass PlayStation by today's standards. Now, when I was a kid, that PlayStation was, was a goddamn spaceship in your living room. It was crazy the things you could do. Just on that game, like looking at it, you got to to feel the whole game. Like I guess the the camera in the game rotated or something. It wasn't just that that flat, you know, 2D type of game where you can only move side to side. The PlayStation allowed you to do different things. You play DVDs. You play music on it. It was cool. It was dope at the time. But for me, sometimes you got to leave certain things in the past and the nostalgia for me with playstation just ain't there yet i know for some people with um shit like nintendo they get kind of excited about that but the nintendo to me still had like a cleaner look to it i think the ps1 was on the it was on the way to something so i think the images look kind of kind of blocky and i know they look like that nintendo too i'm not crazy but for the ps1 nah champ like i can look at a at a Nintendo game better because it's so flat and smooth like that versus looking at a, a PS1, which is at the forefront. It got us where we are now. But I was looking at the footage they had from some of them games. I'm like, man, who the hell is gonna buy this? If you buy a PlayStation 1 now, after playing what you've been playing, you might as well buy some glasses and go with it because that shit look blurry as hell. But if you're a collector, by all means, if you want to go out there and be a hypocrite after you've been talking about graphics for the past five, ten years, be my guest, go spend that money on some shit that you're going to have collecting dust in your closet like two months after Christmas or whenever this shit comes out. I'm not sure when it's going to release but I know that's going to be something quick and done. It's probably a money grab They probably had a bunch of them sitting around like, you know what? Let's just load games on these and sell them, get them out our little warehouse, get the quick money grab and then we could be done with it all together. That's my crazy conspiracy theory about it all. Sony trying to Hit us with the bullshit in order to pull off um quick money grab. That ain't cool, champ. All right, another news. Le'Veon Bell still holding out. He ain't got no money yet. He's out here riding jet skis, releasing mixtapes and shit. Still ain't in Pittsburgh. It's a damn shame because they probably, well, I'm not going to say probably, they definitely, definitely need that young man because they haven't been looking that great. Also today, Tiger Woods won his first uh, PGA tournament since like 2013. So if you still on the Tiger train, if you still rocking with Tiger Woods after all this time and all the shit he did been through and all the crazy things he said, Tiger Woods got to be like the Kanye West of sports. <laughs> it's just my opinion. That's when I look at him, I think of Kanye West. People either they either with him or they like nah, I'm off Tiger. I'm not dealing with him after all the shenanigans. But he won his first major today. I think it's good for him. It's good for golf. It'll bring eyes back to the sport that maybe weren't known. So good for Tiger, man! Shout out to him, and he kept his Nike deal through all the bullshit. So, so why not? Tiger, get your get your golf on, player. Suge Knight, ass is about to be in jail for a long time. You got sentenced to 28 years. Too shy, Bill Cosby, for manslaughter. Don't that that does not make sense to me. If I'm if I'm thinking about it, he only got 28 years for manslaughter and Bill Cosby's getting 30 years for sexual assault. I'm not downplaying the sexual assault crime, but this motherfucker, should Knight, should ran over two people in 2015. I know they're in different areas, different judges, different courts, different whatever, but I'm like, damn, that just, it seems kind of flip-flop. You get 30 years for some sexual shit, but only 28 for manslaughter. I, I don't know. But yeah, he, um... He pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter, since 28 years, because he ran over two people. One of the two people he ran over was um, a director. Excuse me for my favorite gang documentary. It's called Bastards of the Party. This dude named Clay Sloan, Clay Bone Sloan, as he's known, but he was um, he was actually in a movie. If you remember the um, if you remember the movie Training Day, he was one of the Bloods in the jungles when Denzel was walking through. He's the one that said, "I can't stand that motherfucker." But that's Claybone Sloan. He was in um, he was a training day, and he was a, a blood member in L.A., and he got ran over by Suge Knight. Him and another cat got ran over by Suge after the shoot for um, Straight out of Compton. I guess something went left. I think he followed them boys, ran them over, and now his ass is going to jail for life. And I don't have, you know, I don't know Suge Knight, so I don't have no real issue with him, but I've been hearing people talking about him, like he was a menace for years and he had already done to stay in prison. and I'm kind of wondering why it took this long for him to finally for him to finally just go to jail and maybe he's broke, maybe he's got some other shit going on. maybe he's just tired of dealing with the legal system. For me, I wonder why he just he just didn't leave Cali. I would have left with all the issues you got going on, I would have left. Now I know you feel like a boss and everything out there. And that's cool, and that's where you make your money. Death Row, you had your legacy out there, but I, w- I would have left. Like even though the shit happened with Tupac in Vegas, I probably would go to Vegas because that that seems like the best transition. When people leave California, leave LA, you go to Vegas, somewhere else where it's where it's kind of popping, it's busy. There's people coming through there constantly. That seems like a like a good middle ground. If people don't go to New York or Atlanta or Miami they're so not in L.A., they usually go to Vegas. It's supposed to be cheap there. I don't know why he didn't just do that, stay out of trouble. He opted to stay in L.A. where I guess he was comfortable, and it caused him nothing but trouble because he hasn't really been selling records like that. And, uh, yeah, it just turned out bad for him, man. So, yeah, you need to take your ass to jail for all the shit you did, robbing people for the money they earned selling records and cheating the fans out of music because of your... Fucked up business practices. So I, I'm actually kind of glad you're going to jail, because you've done a you got a fucked up track record, Mister Shug Knight. But hopefully you go in there, and you fix it and you get it together. Become an influence for those in jail, so that when they come out, they live a better life. Boom, Shug Knight. Now, in international news, there's been violence in Cameroon, and I, I came across it just scrolling. But it, it struck like a mini-cook with me because I told you guys I did my, my ancestry a while back. And this is one of the regions I come that my DNA comes from, Cameroon. So I've been kind of on the lookout for anything, just kind of trying to pay attention to it. Even though I've never been there, I'm, I'm looking at West Africa as a whole as my true biological homeland, if that makes any sense. But anyway, between the French and English-speaking citizens of Cameroon, there's been some drama. Apparently, the English-speaking citizens of uh, Cameroon feel like they're being dominated educationally and legally by the French-speaking citizens. So there's been a bit of a civil war. There's been 400 people killed so far. And one of the goals of the English, of the Anglophone is a new word I, I learned today. The Anglophone and or English-speaking side of the country is that they want to separate, they want independence. And this all roots back to, you know, post colonization from when the English and the French were both in the country, and that's how you get a country whose uh, national languages are two different languages within the same country. So that's what's going on over there in West Africa in the country of Cameroon. Unfortunately, it is what it is, man. Hopefully, it'll work itself out. Well, you know, things like this don't seem to do that. 400 Dead already lets me know that it's going to be jacked up for a long time over there. But I can only hope that they get it together and move on. um uh, music news, KD and LeBron. That's right, music news. I'm talking about LeBron James and Kevin Durant had a song they put out called It Ain't Easy. I don't think it was put out officially on anything. In fact, I went to look for the YouTube clip, and I guess there's some copyright issues with that. So I don't think it'll be getting to Apple Music or Spotify or anything like that anytime soon. I heard about the song, and I kind of just brushed it off. I saw it on YouTube, but didn't pay attention to it. And then my homeboy, Eddie, inboxed my Instagram like, hey, man, it's not the worst thing you ever heard in your life. Give it a listen. So I listened to it, and and I'm going to say this. Man, KD1 again, LeBron. Um, Just comparing the verses, being a music person, a hip-hop guy like I am, if you listen to both the verses, K D there, LeBron. But I mean K D has been linked to Dave East in the past, so I'm pretty sure, you know, he's he's got the influence of a couple a couple of dope rappers. And obviously LeBron has access to dope rappers, but it definitely sounds like they wrote their own verses. the verses sounded really personal. But if we were comparing the two, as you we tend to do in hip hop, if you compare the verses, I say K D got the better of LeBron on the verses, but I did like subject matter that they were talking about inside the song and i'm gonna leave it at that for as far as describing the song if you want to listen to it go find it i googled it you can google it too i was gonna play it but with the copyright situation i don't want no smoke so i'm just gonna keep on moving but i think it's great that they wrote it themselves primarily that's the that's the one thing i really really liked about it they wrote it themselves and they got to express themselves other than being asked questions on a you know, on a on a podcast, or directly after a basketball game, when they've been running around all day long, they got to sit in the studio, write whatever they wanted to write down, and put it to a beat. So I think that's pretty cool. And these athletes, man, they're they're multi talented. Usually, a lot of them, a lot of them are in the music. A lot of them tend to be in the music, especially the basketball guys. But um, if you rapping and you play basketball, man, I'll tell you right now, till I hear different, nobody's fucking with Damian Lillard. Nobody. I've only heard him rap once. What well, he did, he killed. He was on, um, he was on uh, Sway's show. He did, I think he did the Five Fingers of Death. I don't know what he did. I just know he was on that rapping. He could rap his ass off. So if you like hip hop, you like basketball, go look for that. Damian Lillard was on um, Sway's. He was on Sway's show on YouTube. So check it out. Also in music news, Post Malone, man. That boy Post Malone got a root on him. So he had, he had the plane crash the car accident, and then his house got broken into. The plane didn't crash. The plane almost crashed. The car accident did happen, and his home got evaded when he wasn't there. And I'm like, damn, who did he piss off? Probably black people. Probably some old black person <laughs> and somewhere who practices his voodoo, put a root on this man. And I don't feel bad because he went on to make some comments about shit if you want to get real emotional or whatever. Don't listen to hip hop if you want lyrics. Don't listen to hip hop, and it pissed me off because this is a guy who comes from outside the culture. When I say the culture, I mean black culture because hip hop, in my humble opinion, is a is a subculture of black culture, and for somebody outside of our culture to come into the into hip hop culture and make money off of it is hey man, you came in, you made music. Your music was good enough to some people for you to make it to where you at. Cool. You did something outside of your coach and you came in ours. You've done songs with black artists. I ain't mad. I do not appreciate when you downplay it while you're making money off of it. That's what pisses me off. It makes me so angry that somebody from outside the coach can come in and, you know, basically cheat code their way in then claim I'm a rock star while you're doing rap music, and then say shit like when I want to feel something or whatever, or I want to cry, listen to Bob Dylan, some more cornball shit like that, and just completely discredit the music that you're making your money in. And, that's, and that pisses me off. Like, I can't be black, go into country music, make money off of it, and then be like, yeah, this... I'm just kind of doing this. When I want to really feel some shit that I can identify with, I listen to hip-hop. I don't even really listen to co- listen to country. I sound like an asshole. But you've just discredited a whole genre of music. And to some people, that's their culture. If you come from like a rural background, you know, I would expect for country music to be a part of your culture. That or southern rock at the least. I would expect that. But for you to come into the culture, make all this money off of it, still getting spent, still doing the music, and then turn around and, and shit on the game like that. When you making music with people from their culture, it just makes me angry. And I think it's part of this, um, this virus that's in hip-hop to where these guys who come up, and it's usually the guys who aren't the best rappers. It's the guys that are more melodic. They come into the game, not really a lot of subject matter there a lot of the time, but they make popular music that sells. And I don't wanna get on anybody that make popular music that sells because that stems from a whole different problem that I already talked about at length on this. But they make popular music, they didn't want to say oh, I'm a rock star and second third because they're different and they're I say kinda weird by normal hip hop standards, but that also downplays the quality of hip hop and the and how hip hop is so diverse. Don't say you are something else when you're doing this. They're not they're not putting your fucking album On the rock shelves, they're putting you in here with hip-hop. So until you start playing your own instruments and writing rock songs and doing that, don't say you're a part of that. And be in hip-hop. Just go do that shit. If you don't want to be a part of this and have that hip-hop tag, then don't fucking do it. Go do something else. You already got a fan base. Sell your records over there. It's almost always the guys that have crossed over. I don't want to hear that rock star shit when I'm listening to hip-hop music. Post I I have no sympathy for you and all the shit you've been through because you shouldn't know something that means something to me. So I'm not glad your plane almost crashed. I'm not glad you got in a, you almost that you got in the car wreck. I'm not glad that your home was invaded, but I ain't sorry either. In fact, I'm sorry that I'm not sorry, but I'm not sorry about that either. If it don't mean shit, to you get your ass about it and go make your music elsewhere. And then you offer this weak-ass apology about you tasting beer. Man, shut the fuck up. I, I don't want to... Anyway, moving on from that. Keeping it hip-hop. I've been sleeping on Wale all 2018. He's had some projects come out. I've downloaded them. And I listened to them. But I didn't listen to them enough. So I went back recently after hearing Wale on the Joe Budden podcast. I was listening to what he said. And one of the key things that that stuck out to me is he said... And the time frame right now, and a lot of artists feel like you gotta make music in a month's time frame. That's not a lot of time to make a project. When I was coming up, you wouldn't hear from an artist until next year. So the album drop, you wouldn't hear from you wouldn't hear from them till around that time next year. And that was everybody. Now you got people putting mixtapes out every month or so. There's a few guys that did it like Currents. He would do that, put mixtapes out every month. But he's just a guy that lives in the studio. Little Wayne was putting multiple mixtapes out in a year. But the actual album, the centerpiece of their work for that time frame, was coming out in a year. Just about everybody. A lot of the bigger acts didn't do that. Kendrick, Cole, Drake. They all drop in about a year's time frame. Because for them, it's going to take that long to put together these albums that sound so well that flow so well. Big Grit's another one. He doesn't usually put albums out back to back to back like that. Takes his time, creates a good body of work, and then puts it out. But when you're an artist that's not established like that or not looked at like that, you got to do something different. And that's why all these um these mixtape artists and shit, uh these um the young guys. I, I'm not. I'm a, I'm trying to get away from calling them the mumble rappers, but the younger generation that's coming up that's gaining a lot of footing with the other young people, they tend to put out music a lot. Or before they got their deal, they that was putting out mixtape after mixtape after mixtape, because they had to. Just they had to flood, they had to flood the sites with mixtapes because that's the only way you can stay afloat because everybody else is dropping mixtapes too. So in order for you to differentiate, differentiate yourself, you gotta be there a lot. You gotta develop that group that's gonna follow. You gotta develop your core audience. So that's my theory on why they put out so much music. And, two, it was easy for them. If they not putting out shit with a lot of subject matter in it. It's just, yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever beat fits the current dance that's out. So you can put the drop in the song to the part that you can do the little dance to. That seems to be the formula. You're talking about appeals, women, violence, whatever. As you got on a catchy beat, you can auto-tune the hook, mumble half of the song. And you got a mixtape. So when you're not really putting the effort into it that a more established, more mature artists are doing, you can put out mixtapes every other month. You're probably getting beats for cheap. You're not really doing much to them in the way of um, putting skits around the music like Kendrick does. You're just kind of putting it out. When you get it, rap over it, put it out. Well, if you're trying to flood the market, that's a good strategy. But if you're trying to make real content if you're trying to make real content that people are going to listen to for years, I would assume that you would want to put a lot more time into it, into the production value of what you're doing, unless you're just that talented. But what Wale, what he said just made sense because I looked back, I'm like, damn, he released all this shit this year. And sure enough, Wale got three EPs out this year, and all of them are pretty damn good. He has Free Lunch, which just came out. What are the other ones' named? free lunch self-promotion and it's complicated and they all got good songs on them i think uh self-promotion and it's complicated have four songs apiece and free lunch has five on there now if you put that together you got a really good body of work and that's about an album's worth of songs right there but what he did was he broke it up took his time made a couple songs Put it out made some more songs put it out and i think for him that was the best thing he could do because that music is going to hit his core fans and his core fans are going to talk about it and they're going to you know spread it word of mouth they're going to share it on the internet and all that shit, and it's going to grow from there and it's going to show the label that hey i'm putting out this good music so when it comes time for my album to come out you guys are going to need to support me because I'm showing you right now what I can do. I could put it out with no real promotion. You can look at the numbers and see what it's doing. And hopefully it goes well because you get you get a lot of stuff when you listen to Wale and I hopefully I want to talk about that in a different podcast later on, but what he's doing I think is what Eminem should have done. Not to go back to that too much, but if Eminem would put out, you know, 3 or 4 good songs, he could have broke it up over the year like Wale did. I think the reception to his music would have turned out much better than it did with these whole projects. Because if you look at it, with this whole Kamikaze album that came out, there's only one song that people really name on there. Or two. Kamikaze, which is the the title track to the album, and then The Ringer, which is the intro. Nobody else really names any of the other songs on the album. I haven't heard nobody name no other song on the album. Unless they were talking about it badly. And the album wouldn't have done shit if he hadn't mentioned those names, which I probably said before. But that's just my thing. It's like if you if you break it up, you get, you kinda get more bang for your buck because you still gonna get the streams. And with the way, with the way music is now, somebody may not even download you a whole album. They may go sample it on iTunes and then they may stream that one song with Apple Music, or they may buy that one song off the album. But why not take a little bit of time, create you three or four bangers and put that shit out. And then Push On. That's just my take on it, man. Yeah, moving away from that, shout out to Wale. That was a good album, uh, good project, Free Lunch, that just came out. It's pretty good. There's a song on there called um, Three Days, Three Hours. I think it's the name of the song, but it's pretty good. Pretty good. Three Days, Three Hours. That whole damn uh, EP is good. So Free Lunch, go get it, List to the whole damn thing. You'll be all right. Also, Young Dolph put an album out, and I know that's like, the the end of two different spectrums but you got Young Dolph, you got Wale. Be able to listen to both. I know I kind of shit on some of the guys close to the realm of Young Dolph a lot. But you got to you got to provide some type of value like even this podcast. Like if I don't give you value, you're not going to listen to it. Right? But if I'm giving you some type of value every week or however you li- how often you listen to it, you're going to come back. For me, Young Dolph makes me laugh cuz he's always hollering in his music. And getting past some of the things he says and the way he says it. I understand where he came from. He says over and over in his music, I'm a rich crack baby. So for me, to understand that this man came from two crack-addicted parents to own his own company, to being a multimillionaire, I can appreciate that. So I support him from time to time. Do I like everything he says? Absolutely not. Do I like some of what he says? Yeah. So I can support him, and I can hear him. He's not mumbling. I can hear everything Young Dolph is saying. Pretty clearly. He has a pretty simple formula when he goes to his songs, and I can appreciate that. It works for me. Hey, I'm a fan. What can I say? You gotta have balance. Got a little Wale, got some Young Dolph. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you like Gucci, you get some Lupe. Have a little balance in your life, man. Balance your diet. And better in other news, Florida State won a game. Goddamn, Florida State figured out a way to keep Northern Illinois off their ass. And they won the Did DeAndre Francois get hit a couple times? Yeah, he got hit a couple times. But I think they kind of figured out a way to run the offense against this team that made it work. And maybe uh, Northern Illinois just didn't have the, the pass rushers to bother them enough. Or maybe they figured it out schematically, if that's even the word. Maybe they did something with the scheme to make it work. But I did see them run the ball up at the middle a little more. And I saw somebody in the Facebook group say, why are you running the ball at the middle? Well, so you can have play action. That's why you run the ball up the middle. Even if you don't get but one or two yards, you create that threat. When you got a guy like Jack West Patrick, you can run the ball right between the tackles and pick up 10 to 15 yards. That's why you run the ball up the middle when it's not super duper effective. You can create opportunities for play action pass. And I think that helped him immensely, especially when um, Francis threw that 78 yard bomb down the field. That shit was great. So Willie Taggart don't get the belt this week for making that adjustment. Hopefully they keep it up next week. I forgot who they play, but it's a team that could potentially beat us if we played like we played it two weeks prior. Still some mistakes made, but I feel like it's getting better as they get comfortable with the situation they're in. Now, you, Finn Wang, of Queens, New York City, New York, go get my motherfucking belt. In New York City, it's believed that they have a birth there's a birth tourism building that was acting as a day supposed to be a daycare. And one of the employees went crazy and stabbed like three infants and two of the employees. Now I don't know what the setup of this room was. I think they said it may be a birthing tourism area where people who aren't from the US, they go there, they have babies there, have what the term is called anchor babies, so they can get citizen in the US via their child. So that's where they go when they don't have citizenship, to have babies, but they treated it, it was, I guess, um, referenced as a daycare. And uh, the woman I mentioned, the 52-year-old, was a youth in the wing, went crazy and stabbed like three babies and two employees. And it's just like, damn, you in here, you in a situation where you're pregnant and you're trying to have your baby, Illegally, I might add, I'm not justifying what they did. But for what happened to those kids, that's horrible. You stab a defenseless child, you need the worst punishment imaginable when they convict your ass. You need to be set in general population with a bunch of women that can't see their babies and just let them do what they want to you. That's what you deserve for stabbing defenseless babies. And then, because you went crazy, you're going to stab some of your co workers, too. You need the worst punishment imaginable. They need to throw acid in your face. Because that's ridiculous. And now that I have ruined my mood, I'm out. Um, no playing this ride every Monday. Every Monday. YouTube, Facebook, No Playing This Ride, email, No Playing This Ride at gmail.com. Please subscribe. I'm only trying to get better. And do my thing, man. Subscribe, rate, and review, whatever you got to do. Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Coming soon to LinkedIn. Every Monday I'll be there, man. And make sure y'all holler at me on Twitter as well. Uh, There's NoPlay247 on Twitter, capital N, lowercase o, capital P-L-A-Y, NoPlay247 on Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know how you're doing. If you got a podcast that reviews podcast, review my podcast and let me know what I need to fix, man. I'm trying to work on it, but y'all know what to do. Make the best day your next day, your next day, your best day. Have I say that? Be better tomorrow than you were today. Y'all be easy out there. Don't hurt nobody. Don't let nobody hurt you. Peace.